Welcome to Sailing Through Life, a journey to health, happiness, and living your dreams. My name is Lori and I'm your host. Candace Mason is a true definition of a warrior. Diagnosed with stage three melanoma in 2017, and then again in 2019, after she was rear-ended in a car accident. Only because of that, it was discovered she was stage four. Candace has endured multiple surgeries, including a double craniotomy. She has gone through immunotherapy and has experienced many side effects. Candace has used her experience going through melanoma twice to become an advocate of awareness of skin cancer and to start her own company, Desert Camo Apparel. They specialize in sun protective clothing and other items. Her firsthand knowledge of the seriousness of this cancer has motivated her to save lives one skin cell at a time. Well, what about us people that live in a desert region with cactus? I like to think of it, it was desert camouflage, but you're kind of camouflaging your skin from the sun. I've always liked like crazy things. And this second time after being diagnosed, I'm like, I'm just going all in. You know, I've never been self-conscious really, but at this point in my life, what I've been through, I just, I don't have time. My goal is to help people, and I think that the more of us there are, then maybe skin cancer won't be just skin cancer. Join me as we set sail on this adventure to discover ways to take care of yourself, find the positive in life, and continue to dream even when going through some of your darkest days. Listen to my inspiring guests as they share their stories and give hope to help you on your journey. My episode today is Weathering the Storm. In this important episode, we will be talking to Candace about her cancer journey, her motivation to be an advocate for awareness, and what you can do to be sun safe and save your life. Please welcome Candace. Hi, Candace. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I keep saying that a lot. <laughs> I know how exciting this is. You have the opportunity to share your story and make a difference, and it does have a lot of energy behind it. And that is why we are here, correct? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, today's episode is Weathering the Storm, and I think if anybody could say that they've done that, you're a good example. You've been through so much and all those challenges, and you keep continuing to fight and bring awareness to how serious melanoma is. And it really does show how tough you are weathering the storm. So thank you for joining me and having this conversation and sharing what you know. Great. So I wanted to start off with a little bit of background on your situation, your diagnosis, and how all this started and when. Um, so I was originally diagnosed with uh, melanoma in 2017. However, I had a small freckle on the side of my nose that just took years, years to morph and change. And finally, I got it, you know, biopsied and yet came back stage three melanoma. And, you know, that's when I had my first major surgery and immunotherapy and treatments. And that's when I was first thrust into the uh, cancer world. And what immunotherapy did you do when you went through your first round? Um, I did about six months of Optivo, which is nivolumab. It's so hard to say um, <laughs> those sci- big scientific words sometimes. It took me like, you know, 
like a week to say Novolia Mab. <laughs> yeah, you know it's anything with Mab at the end. You know it's an important drug. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so I did that for about six months. Okay. Then you got the all clear once you got through all the treatments and surgeries. Um. Yeah, and... So, you know, my scans were clean at the time, but I was also having side effects from the Optivo. Mm -hmm. We'll just say that because it's easier, right? Right. Um, So basically, I was having like gastro, you know, gut issues. I'm like, am I bloated? Am I having, you know, uh, is there like a sickness bug going around? Because I do have kids. But no, my eosinophils were high and they kept, you know – escalating. And then finally, we're just like, okay, well, your scans are clean. Let's do a steroid taper. And, you know, just we'll move into surveillance mode. So from that point until the next situation, how much time passed? Um, so let's see, I think that was 2018. And then, um, so basically I had reached the two year mark of being uh, NED or no evidence of disease. And then in 2019, I got rear-ended, thankfully, I like to say, because uh, this young man saved my life because I ended up in the ER and uh, they found a uh, lesion on my lung. And this prompted me to contact my oncologist. And yeah, then that's when crap hit the fan. And how far spread was it? Just that initial spot or did they find more the more they looked into it. So, yeah, the more we looked into it, well, first I went because, you know, the evidence, the scientific evidence that we had was, you know, a CT scan with the lesion on my lung. So then I had to go for a lung biopsy, which that was a crazy, like surreal thing because you're just um, half asleep. (laughs) Um, You know, what is it? Semi-sedated. You're semi-sedated. Like you have to be alert enough to, you know, move and this and that. And anyways, that came back uh, melanoma. And then so I immediately had to have PET scans, more CT scans, and my first MRI of my brain, which um, yielded three tumors on my brain. And so what did they do as far as treatment? Um, Did they, how did they address it? Was it like immediately into surgery or did they start treatment to see what it would do or? Yes. Well, so before, so um, when we thought it was just on my lungs, so we were looking for, you know, a cardiothoracic surgeon, but then the brain stuff came up and then it was right away, you need to go see, you know, the neurosurgeon and this and that. So those became priority over everything else. Um, Oh, I did also have lesions on my spleen and my pelvic wall. Um, So I had like a dose of dual immunotherapy this time on top of brain surgery and then brain radiation and all that fun stuff. Yeah, uh, most people who have been through cancer understand this, but just explain from your perspective, the first time you get blasted with this, it's kind of like a spiraling numb feeling, but it's the second time Mm -hmm. that messes with you. Yes. So the first time I was like, 
you know, yeah, it's hard. It sucks. You're like, oh my God, I have cancer. Nobody wants to hear that. I have to tell my friends, my family, my children. And, you know, I was like, okay, I can't, I, I got through it. But the second time I just remember like dropping to the floor, crying my eyes out, you know, because it's like, wow, this is on my brain. Like this is a major organ. This works pretty much everything in your body. Like, am I going to die? <laughs> Um, so yeah, that one really knocked me down. And then like, well, this was just before COVID, but you know, I need to, my goal is to get into therapy because I, I'm not sure if I need it, but I want to try it. You know, I'm trying all the things to just get through this, but um, yeah. So the, the second time was so hard. Well, it, it messes with your head because when you go through through it the first time you have so much faith in everything that's being done and I think you know that it's a not a guarantee but right you, you prepare for the fact that there can be a, a window of time between getting through it and it coming back and I think your impression is that if you go through treatment you're buying so much time and maybe see how things are going and keep up on it. And I understand the second time around because of how it happened for me, I went through a whole year of treatment. And then six weeks later, I'm getting another biopsy. And I'm finding out I still have melanoma. So I like I'm getting goosebumps because I feel like our uh, stories are similar and you know, in the way that we found out and stuff. But like the second time, like, you know, for a while, like I was dizzy, I was like, you know, forgetting things. And I was like, something's wrong, it's wrong. But you know, if I maybe would have had an MRI the first go around, maybe I wouldn't have had um, you know, I have to go through it the second time. And, you know, I did this genetic test, a test for, you know, reoccurrence, genetic markers. And, you know, I, I was on the good list for that, but here it did it come back. So I'm like, what the F, you know, F my life? Like, how did this happen? Why is this happening? <laughs> well, and that's why I said, you, you know what it's like that first time around. And I think there's coping that you have to do. It's, it's a, process. It's your brain just can't process the second time for some reason. I think it's so much worse than getting it the first time because it puts a bigger fear in you. Yes. You know, after you finish treatment the second time, because it came back, you wonder what's going to happen now. It goes through cycles. I think we feel okay and we're just living our lives and then you feel a twinge or a pain or you're just, Mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know, is this number three or are we just aging or did I do something? I know that is where I'm at right now. And then when you have all these, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals run through your body, like everything has a side effect. So like what's going to happen later on in life? Like I did have brain surgery. So am I going to be at higher risk for dementia when I'm way older? You know, like it's all things that, yeah, but. I am getting old. So is it just normal or right. what? And then you think about it, you're on immunotherapy and there are side effects while you're taking the medicine. But for me, I went through a whole year of treatment, turned around right after that, did a whole nother year of another immunotherapy. So I did two treatments back to back. And the second time my hair started falling out, it turned white, whatever came back and it was insane. And I'm being told it's stress. no. I don't know about that, you know. The second time around with surgery, I ended up with lymphedema, which is another thing they they really don't tell you about when you have a diagnosis of cancer and and you're in overwhelm. So I don't know. 
it's if it's just keep you focused on the big picture, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it just feels like you're on a discovery mode. Yeah. I don't know. I am a scientist at heart, so, you know, and I'm really like I sh- I should have gone to med school, but I never did. I didn't like after I graduated college, I was like, "Ugh, I don't want to have a test anymore." But um so I just I love medicine and all that stuff. So like immunotherapy is supposed to be better than say chemo, but like it still has uh, all the side effects. Like my, it caused my eosinophils to rise, you know, and at the beginning it was like, uh, am I crazy? No, but like they got into the severe range and then, you know, like immunotherapy, it, causes inflammation on your brain. So I'm already like having brain surgery and, you know, trying to fight that inflammation and then radiation on top of it. And, you know, it's not just skin cancer. I think that's what I was getting at. The, the, the misconception is like, oh, it's, it's just skin cancer. No, like this, there's melanoma is the deadliest. It can spread to your brain. (laughs) Okay. So. Oh my gosh. Yep. I was talking to somebody who was in oncology and even they commented that with all the patients they saw they felt the worst for the melanoma patients because they get categorized in a way that people discount it the seriousness of it and yeah 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 and it's so misunderstood it's elusive i mean any cancer is devastating yeah but don't discount melanoma it's scary it's a very scary thing okay um oh can i back up real quick I want to uh, give a shout out to my amazing oncologist, Dr. Shaheen. He's the melanoma expert here at um, University of Arizona. And we have a whole uh, University of Arizona is a research one institute, and they have a dedicated melanoma team, which is surgeons, derms, oncology, all this stuff. But like, he's one of my best friends and I just love him. And I really feel like he saved my life. And, you know, we just have this relationship. I remember when I first walked into his office, he starts, uh, the first time I met him, he starts drawing out cancer sales, this and that, and this is how it works. And I was like, hi, Dr. Shaheen, go ahead, stop there. I do cancer research for a living. So you don't have to go through that. Just talk to me like you would your colleagues. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I know a lot about cancer. Just let's, cut to the chase like what do we need to do but and and then it's even like just building that relationship over time you know when I was having the side effects from the you know immunotherapy or the whatever's he like you know like we just he's like okay we need to take a break from treat yes we do you know what I mean so here's your steroids go on your way um oh it just I look at the world so much different now or even just like going to the beach it's like oh my gosh put some clothes on don't get skin cancer you know what I mean while I'm all covered up and lathered up yeah I know it's the hardest ones are when you see families with little kids and you see them you're wondering Mm -hmm. if they have enough sunscreen on and you know that's when the damage is happening and yeah it's a little bit painful to watch what people are doing I know that in the summer you got a tan because you were at the pool uh, a lot, and you just ended up with the yeah, tan. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like I was in tanning beds and doing all that stuff. I was just being outside and doing things. Yeah, I yeah, um, I did a little bit in college. I'd like to think of maybe my cumulative time. I'm, I know I'm saying that wrong. In the sunbed was maybe like 
a month and not like 24 hours a day, but like I went with a friend, but then growing up here, you know, we went to the lake swimming pools, obviously, like you said, so um, but there are people who just worship the sun. And, you know, I never got like blistery tans. I never really got like sunburned. So, you know, even those things, those symptoms that put you at risk, you know, I feel like maybe I don't really align with all of those and I still got it. So, you know, maybe it's genetic. My, I mean, my grandma had it, um, but nobody else at this point. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder if it's as time goes on, if it has to do anything with the climate or it's our lifestyles or the way people live. Yeah. And it's changed enough that it puts them more at risk. So I started a business to turn my negative into positive and reach out to my community because I live in Southern Arizona where we have a lot of sun and, you know, I've, I've, been I've grown up here my whole life so like I've seen you know how sunscreen was not a big deal but now like we kind of we really need it you know sunscreen or long let's we're not even going to get in the sunscreen debate but you know sunscreen clothing like protect your skin and you know I come from a family where like we're outdoorsy and you know yeah so like I said like I started a business but like in my community you know we have a high hispanic population and those people with more colored pigment in their skin, you know, like those are like people, they still get it. Like it doesn't discriminate. So, you know, I'm really trying hard in my community to like show, you know, everybody who listens and cares that like it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter what color skin you have or genetics or than that. I was going to ask you at any point when you think about this whole journey, when this whole journey started, do you feel like you've ever been free from the cloud that's following you? Or do you feel like it's always present? It's always in your mind on some level? Um, yeah, it's always there. Because like you said earlier, aches and pains, I'm like, okay, so but now like, I technically maybe have scar tissue from the lung biopsy or this and that. And yeah, no, I feel like crap every day. <laughs> You know, I, it's, I've never been a morning person, but now like after having brain surgery, I'm definitely not a morning person and no, it's always there, but like, it gives me fuel for my fire to, you know, because time is short. I feel, oh, this is what I want to say earlier. So first time you're like, oh, I got cancer. But the second time you're like, oh my God, like I really, like I was already doing stuff, but now like time is short. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here. And I want to make my time purposeful here, you know? (sighs) So yeah, no, it's always there, but now it's like, uh, yeah, it's the fuel for my fire. Did you, I know we were talking a little bit about support and as far as support for helping you through the diagnosis, the surgeries, anything like that, where did you find most of your support? Um, family and friends and um, my my coworkers, my bosses, you know, like, well, cancer research. So, you know, they totally get it. There was, you know, I was doing experiments, but, you know, everybody just jumped in to take over, recover for me. Um, yeah. And then just my friends on social media, (laughs) all my mellow homies like you. And yeah, so I just, I learned early on in life that if, 
if you're not feeling support from whatever entity you think you're getting it from, like you have to look to, you know, other places. So definitely in terms of like people relating to my condition, social media is uh, where it's at, especially Instagram. I feel like that's where um, there's a lot of uh, movement. And I and I I love that right now, and I'm so glad that you're part of this because this really started a few years ago with uh, Katie in Phoenix, and it's so cool to watch how get new Melahomies or the OGs they're they're carving their own path and doing their 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 thing to bring awareness. And you know, I think the word is starting to slowly get out there. Like skin cancer is no effing joke. No, and and I know that if I were to be outside right now, I would have on a hat and long sleeves and long pants and sunglasses. And and I know when I walk past a group of young people, I just always think to myself, I pray this never happens to you because I know they're not protecting themselves to this level. Well, and I remember the first time that I went out in public in what I call my SEAL suit. So, uh, you know, after I was diagnosed, like I said, we're an outdoorsy kind of family and like want to go to the pool when the sun's the highest at the highest point of the day. I'm like, well, I need to this is where I started researching UPF 50 clothing and this and that because like sunscreen, like it washes away, blah, blah, blah. Um, So yeah, the first time I went it was actually like a girl's, uh, like a, a girl's thing. And it was like this women event and I, everybody's no sunscreen, sunburn in their bikinis. And I'm here in my seal suit, like head to toe covered with my giant hat. And, you know, yeah, I felt the looks and stuff, but I had my friends there with me and freaked out. I just, but look forward, you know, take a deep breath and just go. But now it doesn't bother me anymore. And I feel like if you're looking at me, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, like cover up people. Well, you're setting a precedence for what you should be doing. So and I think it's I mean, you know, like back in the uh, Victorian era, or like the 20, like when people would cover up, like, I really want to bring that back. Like people think I'm joking. But like, I think we need to bring it back. They were smart. (laughs) And they didn't even know it, maybe. Yeah, I would just avoid making anything out of wool. Other than that, I think you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't want any drownings. After going through these challenges, and now you're working to use that to fuel what you're doing now and in the future, what would you say the blessings have been that have come out of this terrible diagnosis? Okay, blessings. Let me see um, all of it. Well, like I said, I started a business, you know, because a bucket list, living list, whatever you want to call it. I like to call it a bucket list. You know, I'm like, well, time short. Let me let me do things that I was too scared of to do before. And I do have anxiety, but I feel like cancer has really put that in check for me. Or when I do get anxious, I'm like, okay, are you dying? Or, <laughs> you know, so, um, but so I started my business, but it just meeting people who have had, it's not just skin cancer, but you know, my slogan is because cancer is a prick, you know, I get to swap cancer stories or get to relate to people on a whole nother level and not just being um, a business owner. I've um, got to meet, well, maybe one day we can meet in person, but you know, I get to connect with people like you or, um, uh, Amy, she's a, she gifted me a, a photographer or 
photography shoot, you know, and she had melanoma. And like, this is like, what is so cool, I get to, you know, work with people that I never like, in my wildest dreams thought that like, I would even be here on this podcast today. (laughs) And I'm just so thankful and grateful. And, you know, I feel like sharing my story is, you know, helps other people, you know, give them the courage to do so. Well, it puts you in a whole other category, a special community. We truly get what's going on. You don't have to explain it to the nth level when you're feeling a certain way or going through something. People you're talking to have had some connection to those things, and it really does take the pressure off of you trying to explain why you're in the you are the way you are or you're doing what you're doing. If there's an acceptance of who you are and where you've been and the support is there because they do understand to that level. And it does help you get to a place when through a place when you're not at your best and you take that energy from others when you need it and then turn around and give it back when you have extra and I think that's what makes this platform this podcast this social media is that you know it's always not always rainbows and sunshine mm-hmm. in the world but when you do need the support people are there for you the organizations are there for you and it doesn't yeah. make it go away but it helps you get through it. Yeah, you know, and uh, so on this journey that I'm currently in in my life, you know, yes, cancer sucks and it's bad, but, you know, with the thorns, there's the roses. So during this like transition in my life right now, cancer has really taught me just to ride the wave. It's going to be okay. Whatever is going to be is going to be, you know, and I always, you know, it's happening organically and I'm just, you know, trying to enjoy watching. Yeah, there's scary moments, but you know, I'm just, I'm I'm alive. I'm not dead. I'm not dying at the moment. So <sighs> yep. just breathe. that's what makes it all worth it. And you know, sometimes it's a lot of work. There's something I read that said you're bringing awareness one skin cell at a time. And I agree, like this podcast, if it's one person I help, and I can honestly tell you, I understand bringing awareness. Yes. In the time I've done this podcast since October of last year, I've had three people reach back out to me that listened to an episode or have been a guest on the show who've second guessed something maybe because they kind of had been putting it off and found it was either precancerous or cancer. Oh, I love it. I love it. And like, I have friends that, you know, they've reached out to me, they let me share their stories, you know, because sometimes people don't want to just blatantly put it there themselves because they're scared. But like, I will do it for you. I will help you. I had somebody reach out to me from Russia the other day. And I'm like, like, it just, oh, it just, it, brings joy to my heart. You know what I mean? And I'm not giving, I'm not a medical professional, so I can't give medical advice. But what I could do is advise you to advocate for yourself. (laughs) For the longest time, like I thought I was pre-menopause. I thought it was my hormones were off. Like something was wrong in my body. I just didn't know what it was. And I was going to these doctor's appointments and basically they're telling me I'm crazy. But uh, lo and behold, I had uh, cancer people. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's the importance of what we're doing and the awareness and paying attention and being your own advocate really does impact. And like I said, even if it's just one person that hears this episode today, that they make the decision and that decision saves their life. For reals. Yes. That's what this is all about. So I totally get being focused and living that life now and 
you thought maybe you weren't even going to be able to do anything for a while and really taking down the bars and really pushing forward through something that's uncomfortable. Yes, and I couldn't agree more. (laughs) It's just, I feel like everything that I've gone through in my life, cancer, high school, you know, gen eds in college or like the dance team, like this stuff, like, like I did like a drama production once in high school, like everything I feel like you're like, oh, this is dumb. Why do I need this? Like, it's all coming together right now in a weird, like surreal way. It was like every little thing was a puzzle piece. And now all the pieces are there and they're coming together and you're going to start seeing a full picture of those experiences. Yeah, like it's just it's it's weird. <laughs> it's it's a good a good weird. When we talk, you know, the commonalities that even we had of both getting the phone call while we we're at work, being told we had cancer. I I can't imagine how many people have that same experience because if it was just a small group or just in both of us had the same experience, imagine how many people are having that happen to them. It's crazy. I know I look at how many people are just on Instagram and that are following us and we're following and these different groups for melanoma, the diagnosis dates, there's so many similarities in that month and year. And I'm like, holy cow, how is this such a small percentage and a small section of people? But you know, when you expand that out into the world, how many people are actually dealing with this? Um, social media, because I'm an e-commerce business. I've toyed with like a brick and mortar shop, but I'm just, I can't afford that right now. Um, So social media is where it's at for me. And, you know, I may not have a large following, but right now it's quality versus quantity, you know? And so a lot of my following is, you know, you and everybody, you know, our circle of friends. And I just, I love watching all of that grow. Well, and the more you network, the more you connect with people, the more your message spreads. And that's the whole thing, reaching out through the podcast, you know, or social media. You have to do this now so you have time for it to grow. And that's the value of this for me is helping someone else to share their story, to help other people understand that you're not alone, and to do this so that you can show support. Yes. So that's, you know, I guess, yeah, cancer, like, I mean, I've always wanted to help people or whatever, but this is really giving my, given me my voice and like my vision. And recently I'm saying I've always had a voice, but it's just this uh, second reoccurrence that really was, you know, thrusted me out there. But like my goal is to, you know, help people. And, you know, I think that... <sighs> the more of us there are, then, you know, maybe skin cancer won't be just skin cancer, you know? So. So let's talk about desert camo apparel and the importance of being sun safe and bringing awareness to protecting yourself and being smart. I love the tagline. I love that you did something kind of edgy and where did all that start? And with the theme, the idea, that type of sun protective clothing and prints, things like that, where did that all start from? Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, you know, after I was first diagnosed, it's like, well, like, you know, my kids play baseball and this and that, like we're outdoors a lot. So what do I wear? You know what I mean? And like, I've, I know I, at the time I knew a little bit about textiles. I knew that, you know, 
different fabrics, you know, prevent some kind of UV uh, exposure. Um, so I just went on this journey. I'm like, oh, UPF 5 plus, what's this? And then so, you know, I was looking at all this stuff. And that's really, you know, and I was sitting in the um, infusion chair. And I was like, this is what I want to do. But the thing is, is like, all the, I guess, patterns and such out there, they're all related to, you know, water or fish and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what about us people that live in, you know, the hot desert or a desert region with cactus, you know? So I like to think of it, it was like, it's like actual like desert camouflage, but like you're kind of camouflagey skin from the sun. So yeah, um, I don't know. I just, I've always liked, uh, like crazy things. And this second time after being diagnosed, I'm like, I'm just going all in. Like, I just, I, I don't have time to care about what people think about me or anything. And, you know, I've never been like self-conscious really, but at this point in my life, what I've been through, (sighs) I just, I, I can't worry about what other people think and, and do. So, um, yeah. And I think it's kind of hard because yeah, I guess it's, uh, desert related, but it's different. You know, I don't, unless somebody else can show me, there's really nothing else else out there like that. No. And I love the fact that you're right. A lot of what's out there is more geared towards boating and fishing and things. Yeah. And I know when you're on the water, you're not only getting the direct UV, but you're getting what's bouncing off and reflecting off the water. So yeah, you have to be very aware. You make me nervous. How are you sailing the world? And like, oh, I just that that water reflection would drive me nuts every day. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of exposure anywhere between 10 and 4. Yeah, so good girl. I try to hunker down during those hours. But I like I said, first thing in the morning, sunscreen, long sleeves, long pants. I do what I have to do before it gets too hot or the UV is too high outside and with it being so hot right now anyway you don't want to be out and then in the evenings that's when I get out and I try to plan my day so I'm out either very early or very late in the day um, but yeah if we're going out on a sail for at any point it's total full coverage you know I wear a gator and the hat and the wraparound sunglasses all that stuff sailing gloves cover your hands I have special booties um, yeah anything with UPF in it that's I'm I'm on it. So I know it's not stylish, but and that's the hard thing is like being covered up and not looking like you're dead <laughs> or, or the invisible man. That's the yeah, other one I think of. Yeah, yep. So well, and that's like, you know, I was always fine just like like I'm a nerd at heart so and I'm a good listener, so I just I'm I'm normally just quiet. I sit back and I listen, but yeah, uh with this cancer stuff, I just I I need to I'm I need to make a point, you know? So I, that's why I feel like my prints and stuff are loud. <laughs> well, and I think it brings some lightheartedness to it, too. Humor. Yeah, the humor to it. When you're doing something really important, but you're also having fun with it, and you know people are looking at you anyway, you might as well have that extra edge and look like, yeah, look at this. You put a little something extra to it, and I yeah. really do appreciate yeah like all the patterns that you have with the cactus prickles on the legs and just the colors. And it's just so different from what I see uh, being here in this environment. So I really appreciate that. I, I like the way you've kind of branched out then with some more items and the accessories with the sunscreen and some different products like that. 
where you're making it easy, uh, one-stop shop. I love wearing the clothes and everybody always looks at you like you're cooking yourself and actually if you have the right fabric you're not you're actually more comfortable than being totally in the sun but well and that's what I love about like UPF because you know it'll get wet and but it'll dry and the other day we went off-roading and like it's been raining a lot here we've had some like historic rains and there was like this little waterfall and I was like well good thing I'm wearing my UPF clothes because I can get wet and dry off faster than everybody else so yeah well and yeah it's nice not to be all gooped up if you're gonna run out just quick you don't need to put on all the sunscreen you just cover your face your ears your neck your hands you know anything your feet if you're not wearing sneakers but yeah when you're not getting so greased up it's it's uncomfortable it's a lot easier to put on the long sleeves and the pants and the hat so I'm glad I've got a barrier from that and it really does make a difference so yeah yeah so we have UPF 50 you know clothing but you know I also listen, UPF 50 clothing can be expensive. And right now, yes, it's an expense for me because I am a small business. I am just, uh, you know, I'm new. And, but I also want to make it like kind of a gift shop in a sense where, you know, like your brand is you. So I'm a nerd and I live in Arizona. So that's why we have the Arizona prints, but like we have these cute little STEM toys so you can brew your own root beer, uh, you know, and it's like maybe for a kid, you know, like I think about when my, when I was first diagnosed, like what, what could my kids have enjoyed or something to take their mind off of it? Or if you know somebody who has, I know after brain surgery, I was like, oh, well, I need to keep my brain going because, you know, I want to get it, you know, keep it working. So like I was doing arts and crafts and stuff. So, you know, little things like that. Or, you know, if you know somebody who's going through something, give them a cute little quirky gift or what have you. So yeah, we have jewelry and, you know, all, all the things, but yeah. We, but I try to procure things that are um, geared towards my story or, you know, cancer kind of thing. Well, I'm so glad you joined me today. I've looked forward to this and, well, I'm I'm just glad that you were able to share your story, share everything and explain where you've been, where you're going and what you have planned for the future. And I wish you all the best with your pursuit in educating people and keeping people safe. If there's anything else I can do, just let me know. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me. And I just, I, I can't wait to watch your sailing adventures <laughs> or hear more about oh, them. I'll be updating. And, and as always, it's an adventure for sure. So know your story hits so close to home. We've had so many of the same experiences. And I know I've learned through listening to your journey to keep my head looking forward and just keep focused on that. Thank you so much, Candice. And I'm glad you were able to join me today. Yes. And I'll keep you posted. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to my chat with Candace Mason. Even though she has gone through so much, she continues to live her best life now. Melanoma is serious, and her involvement in skin cancer awareness shows her determination to make a difference. She has found a creative and fun way to stay sun safe through her business, Desert Camel Apparel, with clothing and other sun protective products. You can learn more about Candace on her website at desertcamoapparel.com and on Instagram at Desert Camo Apparel. I will include the links in the episode description. 
If you or someone you care about would like to share their experience or know of an organization to help even just one person, please message me on Instagram at Sailing Through Life Podcast. How do you sail through life? Join me on this endeavor. I would love to grow this caring support community. Be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find me on your favorite podcast platform. I'd be grateful if you could leave a review and share it. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or topics you'd like me to further touch on, please reach me through my new website, sailingthroughlifepodcast.wordpress.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Sailing Through Life Podcast. I would also love it if you could support my show. This will help me grow the show and continue my passion to reach others with my messages of hope and empowerment. Please visit my website to find out more. Thanks again. Chat with you next time.